Hey guys, what's up? This week I got to speak with Victoria and Andrew, leaders of the Trovo team. Trovo is a Houston-based EDM blog, label, as well as event promotion company. I'm so glad I got the chance to sit down and talk with them. Please do not forget to tune into their Women Empowerment stream this coming Saturday via their Twitch channel, twitch.com backslash Trovo with a wonderful lineup of women artists as well as a women-only industry panel. Do not forget to check out my newly launched Patreon where you can become an XO Patreon producer, ask my podcast guests questions, receive one-on-one lessons, exclusive bootlegs, edit packs, stems, and much, much more all at www.patreon.com backslash this is Lizzie Jane. And without further ado, you are tuning into this week's XO podcast. Love it. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show today to talk about Trilvo and what you guys have been up to. I greatly appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks for yeah. having us. Yeah, we're excited. Absolutely. I was like, once I came on and talked to you guys for, for Trilvo on the live stream, I was like, all right, we got to reciprocate. We got to have you on and like learn more about you guys and all that stuff. So thank you, Victoria. Thank you, Andrew. And we were just talking about Andrew before you got on that we feel like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And, yeah. and, and we're like getting there and we're almost there and we just have to like keep pushing and all that stuff. But how's everything been out in Texas? I mean, Texas and Florida, yeah. this, the listeners have, have been the outliers in this whole kind of fiasco. But how's it been over in Texas? Texas is basically brand open it's like brand new it's like open again like we're just enforcing masks a lot of companies a lot of businesses are still enforcing masks which is great to see shows are still enforcing masks if they're happening you know like they are they do have security going around and telling people to wear your masks and i mean it's it's the light at the end of the tunnel a lot of vaccination sites are opening up i mean yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty thrilled i know me and andrew both have our first doses so Hell yeah. That's it's kind of the same way here. The the FEMA sites started to pop up where we're able to get vaccinated. But also like if you call like your Publix or your CVS or your Walgreens and you're like, hey, you have any extra doses and you get them at the right time, they'll tell you to come in the following day or they'll tell you to come in before they close their doors and you know you're able to get them. That's how my mom got hers so early as well. And it's I love it's, that y'all can get it at a Publix. <laughs> yeah, dude, the Publixes have been on clutch. I said if I ever move out of like Florida. Publix is probably the only thing I'll miss, to be completely yeah. honest, because the like the pub subs, and yeah. then you get your vaccines, and it's like everywhere, it's like all in one. And they were the first ones like to have vaccines in our state, besides like certain government sites. And and so yeah, it's it's really nice, and it's the same way here, even though you know certain certain videos. Don't get me wrong, there are certain venues that do not give a flying fuck, but oh, yeah, most so, venues. Yeah. Um, you know, you may catch them at the wrong time. Don't get me wrong. It's really hard to control a lot of people. Like just, you know, we're all adults. It's impossible. <laughs> it, it, it is to a certain extent, but most people, especially at like our venue and stuff here in Tampa, they, they will throw you out if you don't have your mask on. They're really, really serious about it. And now it's really cool because when you look around, everyone has their mask on and it's a very simple understanding. And, you know, I had an emergency attending physician on my podcast about, a month and a half ago and he works in the ICU and he's been there this whole time. And he's like, man, if I can tell you just one thing, 
the mask fucking works. It works so well. And if you just do it, it'll be safer for us to live our lives and have things open than have everybody forced to stay inside because if people are inside, they're still going to go to their friend's house anyway. They're still going to be yeah. inside partying anyways, you know? And it's such Definitely. a simple thing too, you know, like just wear a fucking mask. You know? <laughs> like, it's baffling to me that like some adults, like I think my boyfriend and I saw our first anti-masker the other day in, in Nordstrom's rack. And she was all in there and she's like, I'm going to call my attorney and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And she's like yelling at this poor elderly woman working the door to make sure people have their masks on. And I'm like, this is a fucking disaster, bro. Yeah. yeah that's like a big thing that I've been like seeing. Like it's just biting people in the butt essentially like you can't be so for it for it or like for masks and like making sure nothing goes going on oh, sorry and making sure like nothing's going on but then you're over here like buying your last lands tickets or like you're here planning trips to go see other people it's like it doesn't it doesn't really work like that you can't I have l- yeah, absolutely. There's there's such like a double-edged sword. And that's like the term that I see that keeps coming up, especially when talking about like Lost Lands is the perfect example. It's like, God forbid another festival be thrown or announced or even thought of happening. And I get it. There's got to be someone to do it first and they're going to take so much heat for it like he is. Don't get me wrong. I can see both sides of the perspective. However, you know, on the other hand, when, you know, Excision comes out and says, Lost Lands is going to happen. We're going to make sure it's safe. We're selling tickets. And everyone who's trying to cancel all these people on these Disco Donnie lineups goes, oh my God, Lost Lands, let's go, let's go. And you're like, wait, yeah. what? Like, you're yeah. like, wait, I'm so confused. What? Okay, exactly. decision does it. But, yeah. And that's in Ohio too. So I'm like, Ohio ain't even open like that. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's super interesting. But, you know, I just feel like the more that we're going to be able to open, the better it's going to start to translate onto social media. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the toxicity will hopefully be alleviated because, like, let's be real. No one industry or non-industry would ever say any of the shit they're saying online to each other's faces. Like, ever, you know? Like, like, I totally agree. Um, It's all these bigger acts, too. It's like, like they're mad at these small underground acts for taking shows that are like they're just trying to pay their rent and stuff, you know. Everyone's like, just trying to people pay are bills. just trying to like make a living. And it's like, mm-hmm. but it's like when you're a giant headliner, like yeah, you can take a year off and it mean nothing. But some people can't afford that luxury, you know? especially exactly. the people here on visas. And that's the thing that I've tried to focus on this podcast the most. Because don't get me wrong, I get it. There's a lot of United States citizens artists who have been taking shows including myself everyone has their own reason like everybody can be respected each their their own the reason why you know i just rather somebody be booked who's gonna be on stage telling people to wear their fucking masks and do the right thing instead of just having these crazy party boys and like no one's paying attention to x y and z because whether i'm there or not the show's still gonna happen somebody's gonna get booked all of that shit and and i think the difference between legal and illegal shows are totally two different things. And I understand like the morality of it, but when you're here on a visa, you legally cannot make money any other way than performing and being an artist. And you have yeah. to take in a certain amount of income within a certain amount of time to be able to stay in the United States. That's what Josh from Step and I talked about for like two hours on the podcast because it's yeah. such a big deal to these people. And like, they just, you know, the average consumer just doesn't get it. And I understand like it's hard to put yourself in the shoes of someone who you could never be, but you have to have some sort of like compassion towards that in some state of mind, you know, I don't know. 
Yeah. And yeah. it's like you said, not a lot of people know the back end. They just think, oh, okay, here's an artist. I'm going to go see him. I'm going to go buy a ticket. But you don't know that they're on a visa. You don't know they're from a different country. You don't mm-hmm. like really look into the artist's past, like going to a show. And that's what I think people need to start realizing and showing more compassion towards these artists and like actually reading in before they read what they read first on Twitter mm-hmm. or on yeah. anything, you know? It's I just like, too, like uh, oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, no. go for it. From, like, uh, from our side, because like, you know, Vicky and I are both photographers. So, like, from that perspective, too, it's weird because it's, like, all these shows are coming back, but we can't put our content or, like, you know what I mean? Like, so, it's like, the same we can't way down here. work because people are just, like, oh, nope, that video, see all these people together? Like, that's wild. You can't yeah. It's, like, Regardless we have to Regardless if it's legal or yeah, not. So, it's just, like, there's slowly, like, these little steps. Like, there's the next step. Like, festivals opening up. And it's, like, oh, when, when once festivals open up, it's, like, is that when it's okay to, like, show content? Because there's thousands right. of people. Yeah, and it's like, we don't even know if, like, festivals are opening up for media for that reason. Like, we're, like, trying to figure out, like, yeah, we can send people through, like, selling tickets or whatever. But, like, we don't know if we can go out there and do interviews and do media and, like, you know, what we want to do, like, what we're founded on. And it's like, it's going to be, damn, it's going to be weird. It's going to be so weird. Like, I just thought about that from, like, your perspective of not only being photographers, but also, like, having a blog site. And it's like the interviews that you guys do with on site, it's like, you know, are you going to get tested to sit in the same room with each other? Or are you going to yeah. have your masks on and be talking? Like, how the fuck is that going to work? Like, Holy we have to shit. all like show our vaccination card at the beginning of the interview. Yeah. Like, don't oh. I mean, I got outside. it. We're I mean, I got here. it, but... It's the barcode. <laughs> yeah. It's uh. like, I don't... Yeah, like, that's something I've been thinking about recently. And it's like, okay, yeah, we want to do these interviews. Like, yeah, I love doing these video interviews. It's awesome, but... It's it's, it's so it's, different. It's so different that it's like a different bre- bread and butter kind of thing, you know? Absolutely. And I mean, I'm doing my first in-person podcast with Blondes and Blondes for 420. And right. like, yeah. we're going to do like in-person yes. and it's... I hope it, you like, that. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. Honestly, um, thank you. Uh, probably will not. He will probably yeah. be the only one left on camera if you got you get me. Um, but that's why, like, I've been so like not necessarily like nervous, but it's I'm so used to talking to people like this now, you know. And it's like talking to somebody in person. I even see myself because now you know places in Florida are open. I don't really go out unless I'm booked to play. And and if I'm booked to play, I just find myself being like holy shit, like you low-key don't remember how to talk to people. Like, like just like socialize and like not be like looking at the ground or doing whatever. And yeah. it's it's like we're so used to being in our phones or on our laptops now. When we're all in person, we're going to be like, holy shit. Yeah. Well, you dude. never know like how to handshake someone now too. So it's like, you never know if like the person wants to fist bump or like do oh, the elbow thing. Or, like, I can just imagine like, that okay being so awkward. Like- yeah. <laughs> literally like the hug yeah elbow you have to do the elbow like the elbow touch or like the fist bump maybe i don't know um catch people's hand on accident because like i normally go to shake people or like high five so when people fist bump i'm just like the guy catching i need like some slow motion content videos of people seeing each other at festivals for the first time because they're gonna run into each other and then they're gonna make eye contact and this like mind translation is going to go through like, hey, can I touch you? Like, are you okay yeah. with me touching you? And then there's going to be like a pause and then they're going to embrace and fall on the ground. And Literally. I don't know. But it's just going to be so like 
even though, yeah, there was some definite like beef that happened over this time, I feel like there's a lot of like amazing friendships and relationships that may not have been like developed because we had all this time to like talk to people via the internet. And there's gonna be so many like online relationships become in real life relationships. And like, I think that's so cool because overall, I believe this has made the community a lot closer, regardless of anything. I I really think that's the way that this is like gone on. And it's going to be like really, really sick. But the thing with the media, it is the same down here. Most Mm -hmm. places, most venues, you are not allowed media right now. And and it's just simply from the fact that I don't even think it's on a scale of like EDM Twitter getting a hold of it. I think it's on a scale of like Bay News 9 getting a hold of it and like your news channels getting a hold of it. Yeah, exactly. You know, and and, anybody. Yeah. Anybody and they can twist it around to make it something else. And then Super Bowl. That's my whole defense every time. Like, come on, man. Like, I was here for the Super Bowl. I'm like, I'm in Tampa. Yeah. It was just. It, it was just surreal, like, seeing what was going on, like, what was being said in our community on, like, the internet, on Twitter, and then, like, going, I didn't go into the city at all all week. It was insane all week. All of our venues were absorbed by promotions and promoter companies from Miami, and we had, like, Migos, Kodak Black, Gucci Mane, Tory Lanez, yeah. like, all of these guys throwing these huge shows, like, Bigger than any rave that could like happen in the Tampa area. And they were like all inside, a few outside. And you're just like, holy shit, dude. And like, no, I don't think that was the way for it to be done. But it's wild to see like actually like responsible cap shows happening. And like then this happened and like hardly anyone was saying like anything. And I get it. They want like a... Like, these people want, like, an immediate response. Like, they want a response from the people they're, like, kind of coming at. But it was just – it was pretty crazy because you had – I don't even know how many people came in. It was, like, a billion profit from the Super Bowl weekend. And it was just wild everywhere. Like, it was just insane. And that was in February, too. And, like, in February, the cases were still pretty bad everywhere. The vaccine was our saving grace. The vaccine is the only reason why we have – I think progressed as much as we have in the short amount of time, you know, I definitely agree. I definitely agree. And it's like this, that your whole ass state just made so much money off the Super Bowl, So your state can kind of start getting back to normal itself too. I mean, like, yeah, it's a huge ass show that happened, but look, like stuff is going to start happening. And I just think people need to think about it in a way that way too. So we could stop getting these tax write-offs. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it's like, People also have to understand, too, how close, if not already happening, of, like, all of these venues closing. And it's, like, all of these, like, small to medium-sized venues that would, like, bet their talent on, like, me or, like, one of these up-and-comers to bring them in. Like, a lot of these guys are just gone now. And it's, like, we may not see it, like, now, but, like, the long-term effects of it is, like, is every venue now going to be owned by Live Nation? Is every venue now going to be owned by X, Y, and Z? Because it's like you have the stage or the Save Our Stages funds, but what people don't understand is like the big players such as Live Nation, such as AEG, you know, they have teams of lawyers in place to obtain that money as quickly as possible when the mom and pop places are like left on the side of the road, you know, or they Mm -hmm. may not even know how to get it. Yeah. 
has been a big issue here with like the mega churches. <laughs> like, Wait, like, what? So yeah, like make the, all the mega churches like claimed all the like to get a bunch of like millions of dollars and like tax relief and all that. Like Joel Osteen, you know, like the oh, super boy. rich guy. Like, yeah, <laughs> we literally like all these people. Yeah. There's just, like these small little churches closing out too. So it's like the same thing as venues, though. You know? What yeah, I mean? it is. That's actually like a great analogy. I fucking watched a commercial with Joel Osteen yesterday, <laughs> and and. My boyfriend goes, do you think he actually believes in God? Or do you think he just makes so much fucking money off this shit he that he's so just much- running with it? Yeah, yeah, I think he believes the money's God. He just keeps, that just keeps on keep stealing him. You know? I'm just like, homie's over here with like 20 books, like all of this shit. This church I- is massive. It has traffic every Sunday morning, like all around it. It's like right off the freeway too. And so this is like- terrible too. And I know somebody's going to fucking maybe, probably not maybe come at me <laughs> for saying this, but it's like, I use churches as like a great example. Them bitches never stopped being packed. Our churches <laughs> never stopped being packed. We have like a main highway by us and they have like the mega structure churches every Sunday since yeah. since <laughs> ever. It, there's still been like three, 400 cars outside on the side like, of the like road. The area, like church. how big like that Lakewood church is. Like it was like the old uh, like – Stadium for the Houston Rockets when they won the back-to-back championship in '94 mm-hmm. and '95 or whatever. So it was like it's literally a stadium full of yeah. people <laughs> like going to church. It's massive <laughs> live live production, like live TV production and everything. And they have bands and stuff too. They have oh, choirs absolutely. and bands and all of that stuff. It's like mm-hmm. okay, I'll play in a church. Like let's bring the rave uh, to the church. I don't yeah. know. Like let's go. And you let Kanye in, so oh my I did let Kanye in. That was that was great. No way, really? Yeah, Kanye played Lakewood. You didn't see that? It was like a whole live stream and everything. Holy it was pretty lit. But- <laughs> That's crazy. Didn't he won? Didn't he um win the Grammy for the best Christian contemporary rap album or something this year? I think Probably. he. I think he won the Grammy yeah. for like yeah. Christian rap album. I'm and gonna I was, have to Google. Hold no, on. please, please Google that. Because <laughs> I think it's, yeah. yeah, no, please fact check that. You're being my who's who's the guy on Joe Rogan? Yeah. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jamie. Yeah. Jamie. yeah, yeah. You're being my Jamie. Oh, please do it. No, I'm excited to know this honestly because I was I was reading through it because it's so cool because so many people like within the EDM community were nominated this year. So I was like, all right, yeah. like probably should pay Kanye attention. West wins best contemporary Christian music album in 2021 album for Jesus is King there that we released go. in 2019. So while we're in the top 40, what do you think of this new Bieber? Um, <laughs> I think the producers on the album are phenomenal. Skrillex, Virtual Ride. And then um, Shindo, he's from down here. But oh, yeah. like he's That's been doing cute. like stuff with Nitty Gritty for a long time. But I don't know. I think it was Peaches was the song. And that was like one of the biggest hits out of the album so far. And he like wrote that whole tune, which is like really, really fucking cool. And like, that's what should happen. You know, like, like there's so much talent. I always say this too, because like I'll go from time to time. And I've been writing a lot of music that like isn't dubstep. And it's like, it's not like it's necessarily easy, but it's like you take the concept of like, sound design and all the techniques that we utilize in dubstep and you apply it to like just hip-hop beats or pop music and you're like dude this is a piece of cake like i could write this all fucking day and it's like that's what i would love to see more like 
producers who are just in that EDM field and kind of have their blinders on there. It's like take their talents and go to another genre because they're like mm-hmm. kicking ass. Like Plasma, uh, Mikey, he's been doing, he's been selling tons of hip hop beats, making crazy money, which is like awesome. But it's, it's, it's like sometimes you kind of just have to reframe your mind and be like, how can I take this if it's not working and go somewhere else and be like, okay, I still am really fucking talented at this. Let me make yeah. some money off of it. Because you go to other genres and people are just like kind of so, so surprised at the products that you can produce from doing this intricate technical, you know, electronic dance music yeah, shit. Yeah, and you grab so much other inspiration if you start doing stuff from other genres. Like you never know what could come from it. And then that's what makes all these artists start branching off into like a new sound of their of their own and they're just like oh i'm just gonna make this album it's gonna be a huge rock album or it's gonna be like a big dubstep album or it's gonna be hip-hop influence or it's gonna be you know so on and so forth and that yeah progresses your brand this new new wave of like like future rhythm and all that so that's all these dubstep producers can actually feel comfortable like making melodic stuff actually making like (laughs) listenable non-atonal shit yeah (laughs) just step outside of like just the heavy dubstep like all nonstop. So it's good to see like the progression of music finally, like, it's mm-hmm. like a little bit melodic sprinkled in there. Finally. Exactly. I really like what Ula Sile is doing with Halcyon. It's probably like yes. my favorite, probably one of my favorite like labels that have come out of like, this pandemic era. Absolutely. And there's so many, and I think it's so fucking cool. And they're all like artist ran, like they're artist curated Mm -hmm. artist ran. They may have other people who are not artists on their team, but it's like, that's the head. And it's like, you look at the biggest labels in our industry and they're all artist curated. So it's like, imagine Halicon in 10 years, (laughs) you know, imagine Cyclopsex in 10 years. And like, that's some really, really dope stuff. And, and even like Wakan coming out with like a sub label and all of that stuff. It's very cool. And then you look at like Chime, Harvey, because I'm on that future rhythm wave. When I saw that shit, I'd like been playing out future rhythm, writing future rhythm for like, before it was called future rhythm. It was just melodic dubstep. And, it was always something where people kind of like tilted their head like a dog and like they kind of understood it, but they didn't really understand yeah, it. And like, they could, take a lane. What do you want to do with this? You're not Exactly. You <laughs> and then you take us out of clubs and you're like, well, these kids still want to listen to bass music, but you need something that's melodic or has a vocal or something to gain onto that's not just like, okay, where's my rail? I don't have a rail anymore. <laughs> so like I need something. And, and that made me so happy because now it's broken its way onto Never Say Die, onto Disciple. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what Ula Style platforms this whole entire label off yeah. of. And I think it is badass. And I'm really, really excited for like the future of that because now I can conceptually, like realistically see like future rhythm stages, like a Halicon takeover or a Rushdown takeover chimes label. Yeah. And like yeah. that shit is so dope because now there's people who like love it, you know? Mm-hmm. I can definitely, I can definitely see like stage takeovers happening way, way more and it just being filled with new talent and just like artists that you, that you see online and then you see them on stage and you're just like, wow. You're like, can't wow. Believe you're here. Yeah. It's you're like, like, like all moment. this music. Yeah. All this music I listen to, I'm just like, I know it. Like, bring it to me in huge speakers. I love it. Yes, right? And it's like this time. And you guys are like the first people who I've talked to that, besides Darrell from Electric Hawk, that really work for a blog that does all of these write-ups for for songs and and does all of these, you know, artists to watch lists and stuff. And I feel like 2020 has been such a 
change, exciting year for experimental music and like new artists that mm-hmm. I always use Papa Khan as a good example that may have never gotten that attention if our world did not stop. And, Absolutely. and it's really cool. And like, what do you guys think from, you know, the angle of Trilvo about all of these new artists and how do you think that's going to get adapted to when festivals come back? Is it unrealistic to say that these talent buyers are going to seek out these artists or? Um, Andrew, do you want to go first? Oh yeah, sure. So, I mean, yeah, th- it's definitely not unrealistic. Like people are going to see people like Papa Clark. I'm sure Papa Khan's inbox is full of offers right now. You know what I mean? Like they're mm-hmm. probably just not even answering because they're like, yeah, we have too many, you know, like, mm-hmm. so it's, yeah, it's amazing to see from the blog standpoint. I love seeing like the smaller artists being able to work too. It's kind of like what you're saying about the label stuff too, that they have like a figurehead that's so big, like people like, you know, Liquid Stranger or Excision opening up all these different like, like their own and Subtronics. Like people, the smaller artists will already want, like look up to them. So they're going to send them like their best shit, you know? Absolutely. To hear. And like the artists actually had this so much time right now during quarantine. You're going to actually hear them like curate some crazy shit that people I don't think they would have gotten heard because the artists would have been touring so much you know especially like the tune reactor stuff on like twitch and stuff Mm -hmm. like that's become like my new favorite way to find artists and music just like seeing what people send in you know (laughs) absolutely I think like with these new like artist driven labels like bringing music to like to being released it really helps these artists that wouldn't get releases come out now is because when talent agencies are like looking or promoters are looking to book, they look at Spotify numbers. They look at Spotify numbers. They look at your monthly listeners. If your monthly listeners aren't X, Y, Z, they're not going to really look at you because right now they're looking for numbers that will sell because that's just like, that's how the game is. And then like later on, yeah, they'll find you and then like they'll book you for later. But like with these labels coming out and, like artists using their platform to bring up other artists. I think that's really great because then their numbers start going up. People start recognizing them. New music starts get, getting brought to the forefront. Like, especially with Cyclops army, yeah. uh, um, like, Oh my gosh, like that type of music that Subtronics is bringing to the forefront is like my shit. Yeah. Like, that, like experimental dubstep kind of shit. Like, uh, like his guppy EP that he released, yes. he has another EP coming out with QK coming out. Like I love QK too. So yeah. him getting an EP on Cyclops record is fucking amazing. Like um, Never Say Die and Black Label kind of merging together is another good example of like music just kind of like being more not not so much about the genre, just but like fitting yeah, like, into like a sound. Yeah, just being good, like just yeah. being good music. And I feel like you know I was talking to Jiqui earlier. Cyclops Rex is, Rex is the perfect example of how much power an artist of that caliber has and has endlessly. And all they have to do is trigger that attention and trigger that energy to one up and coming artist and their whole career could be made, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and it's like knowing the back end of the industry, like you can kind of, the journey can go many different ways. Like you can get picked up by a talent agent that's on a large agency, then you get bargained with the bigger players, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, I look at people like Excision, like Subtronics, you know, like Riot 10, you know, the the guy who does the up and coming story artists on his stories all the time. And it's like, it takes two seconds out of their day, but it literally could introduce 
one of their biggest fans to an up and coming artist, you yeah. know? And, and I think the more that we see big artists start to do that, not only do I believe those artists are going to be the ones who are around the longest, but they're going to pave the way for like the change that's going to come in electronic music. And I felt like before quarantine, there was like this gate of like where all these up and comers were. And then there was like this muddy area where nobody was. And then it was like the headliners and everyone on UTA and everyone on paradigm. And these guys were kind of getting sprinkled on big releases, but not really. And then throughout quarantine, they kind of got pushed with their releases, whether it was Never Say Die, Disciple Roundtable, Subsidia, you know, Halicon, Cyclops Rex. And now like this middle area no longer exists. And these artists that are over here are paving their ways for these kids to start coming over. Mm -hmm. And it's like so fucking cool. It gives me chills because I used to sit down and be like, this like, It'll happen for you, but, like, it may not happen. But, like, for something this big to happen where these artists have taken kind of the initiative, it means the world to the next generations of artists that are going to come up and make music that is not like their music. That is the next wave of EDM, you know? Yeah, and, like, the quarantine, like we were saying, it's been, like, really good about that because, like, it's you're going to see, like, the what would happen, like, from behind the scenes kind of, like, publicly, like... Because normally how people would get to know these normal, like new artists and stuff is like you'd be at a festival or hear a track and you're like, what the hell song was that? And then like you go to try to go to like 1001 track list or something and be like, okay, who's this artist? Let me go to his SoundCloud. But now it's like the artist like actually pushing them out and like like actively like, no, here it is, like giving them that spotlight. Mm-hmm. And like shout out to you on the, the Lost Lands list. You know what I mean? Thank Seeing you. all that that list full of all the so much underground it's talent literally it's, made well, me like, so happy it's yeah just, like seeing a list like that is like like stuff that makes it so like but awesome. that's like the epitome of what this year was you know what i'm saying because mm-hmm. i remember when that list came out last year i was like that's fine like i'm not on it like there were only maybe a handful i'm talking like 10 to 15 names that weren't already on uta or were already on paradigm like these yeah. were just headliners and this year i was like I was like, oh shit, this motherfucker came out again. I was like, don't freak out. Don't freak out if you're not on it. It's gonna be okay. There's and, some I looked, names. and I was like, and I was like, holy shit. I was just, I was all my friends were on there. Everyone on the Disciple Roundtable compilation yeah. was on there. Everyone on the Subsidia compilation was on there. Yeah. And I was just like, yes, like this is it. Like he and and because you know, us from like our agents were being told, hey, like just be prepared, like. Most lineups from 2020 are being carried to 2021. There's going to be like little to no recuration of lineups X, Y, and Z. And yeah, Yeah. exactly. And and it's just the easiest thing to do. You know, it's the easier thing to do. But I was preparing for that for Lost Lands. So I think having interactions with Excision's team and just seeing how he just treats people in general and does things. I don't think he would have done something like that just for attention to his event if he wasn't yeah. seriously recurating the lineup, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the amount of underground artists and uh, the amount of names on there it really does show mm-hmm. that like he's ready to bring something real good and like whatever it is, it's going to be really great. And I think I it's know. definitely going to be like something for the underground. Yeah. yeah. I could definitely see it. And it's like really great seeing some of those names on there. Just like seeing them like grind and they're just like on there. Like there's some names that like aren't even like haven't had like really big releases or anything like that that are on there. And I'm just like, yes, bro. Like you're, you're on there. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) Like let's fucking go. And I just feel like 
I get it. Like some, like I think we all went through our mental ruts. I think there was one point throughout the past year where everybody had like a really fucking low point where they were like, dude, we don't know when this shit's going to end. Like we're just trying to keep going, but it's really fucking hard right now. That was like last May through July for me. And like Mm -hmm. everyone has a different time, but I think you're going to just start to see the repercussions of the people who put their head down and like grinded this whole time and learned. And it doesn't matter what level they're at now. It doesn't matter what level they're at in period. Just like there are people who literally moved fucking mountains, whether it was releases, whether it was live streams, new things like podcasts or radio shows, like so many people put their head down and worked because they knew this was their opportunity as an up and coming artist to really propel themselves forward. Mm. And I'm just saying like, they're coming. Like, we're coming for the big guys. Like, we yeah. really are. And, like, it's really cool to see such a talented group of people because the group's small. At the end of the day, this whole industry is a very small industry when you get to the end of it. And, like, you end up knowing most everybody or at least being acquaintances with them in mm-hmm. some way, shape, or form. And, like, it's so cool to see everybody, like, for the most part, rising together. And it's all people who do their own shit, who work for their own stuff. And like, they have this vision and whether they have a team or not, like they're getting shit done and people are noticing them. And that's like all it takes to bring in a new wave. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I'm honestly like, I don't think all these like old, like the headliners from like 2019, 2020, like none of them put out music. You know what I mean? This whole quarantine, it's like, Oh, just wait, hold on to it. But it's like, I think by the time they finally put out music, it's like that that sound's gonna be passed. Cause you know, everyone like every three years, like the genres and stuff just change and get different. And that's just how it is, and it rotates throughout. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like if those people aren't putting something out, like y'all, like you said, like y'all are hungry and y'all are ready. And like people are listening right now. So it's it's I think like I said, it's underground's time to shine. And it's like if excision's looking, like the agents are looking, the managers are looking. They're looking at these people who these big artists are like, all right, I'm gonna retweet your shit, I'm gonna support you, I'm gonna release you on my label. And I just can totally see what you said about like the Halicon stage takeovers. I can see a subsidy a day. I can mm-hmm. see I can see these stages that are like, oh, the base stage, base two stage, whatever becoming straight label takeover stages, oh, yeah. you know, in the future. I think LBW, Wakan is doing a stage. It's Wakan and Destructo, way. AMF. Yeah, and AMF. yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely happening. <laughs> That's crazy. We'll and- that Wakan. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Planted. There you go. I Planted. know, it's fucking dope. What is, um, it, what is the new label that they just... Wakan. 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 The squad. squad. Yeah. Squad. I only know how to pronounce it because okay. I, I was there when he like introduced it. <laughs> I love it. But is it so is it for like weirder shit than what they're already down putting tempo. out? Or it's down tempo. That's Usually. awesome. So yes, that's you dope. can definitely say weirder shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean that's it's cool because like I think there's becoming homes for like all of these different subgenres. And like if you want to release independently, like totally do you. I think there's such like a respect and like special notability to people who do choose the independent realm. But I like always use Swarm as a great example. Like he's somebody who is really just like had his vision and he's released 95% of his material independently. And like 
he's on every fucking lineup right now that's been announced. So like yeah. it's obviously working. It takes perseverance, <laughs> but it's obviously working. But like it's really cool that like for the down tempo and for like the future rhythm and for like the glitch hop, like there's all stuff that's starting to come about or that like weird shit that Cyclops Rex is like the space wizard stuff and the guppy stuff like there's never been a place for that to call home. And like now there is. And it's like, it's really, really exciting because it's just going to inspire the next wave after us to do mm-hmm. even weirder shit. And that's how it's supposed to progress, you know? Yeah. Like you were saying, like there was that muddy area, like with these labels and these <clears throat> bigger artists using their platforms to pave these ways, there are subgenres that people can start flowing into and it starts making sense and you're like more streamlining it correctly rather than just yeah here's 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 my music independently released yeah i have a following but let's see where it goes but now you kind of have kind of like a pathway like nobody knows what they're doing we're kind of building it on our own if you haven't realized it but yeah as you know we just keep going no like for important for smaller artists for like or like up-and-coming artists to do have those releases you know Mm -hmm. because it is like when you see like the like uh what's it called whatever like the little releases coming in or what like the artist breakdown and it's like has had releases with x y and z it's one of the first things they say mm-hmm. so, like it yeah. helps a lot so it definitely does good. i mean if you can do it but i think definitely when you're trying to like up and come and build like having those like releases are very like helpful you know yeah and they just like expose you to a new demographic like because like I was having the conversation earlier, fans and like followers are like two different, totally different worlds. Like people Mm -hmm. who are willing to press follow for whatever reason and people who are willing to spend 35 bucks on a t-shirt or 25 bucks on a ticket is a totally different ball game. And it's like, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a long road to have those like legitimate fans. And I think every time you're part of a compilation, even though you may be like, hey, I'm on here with fucking 40 other people. I, I'm getting shitty X, Y, and Z. But like the amount of exposure you get to people who didn't know you existed is yeah. like the key. Because I think mm-hmm. the biggest problem that people in my shoes have is like once people find out you exist, they love you. But it's like the question is like how is the quickest way – to show everyone that you exist and you're you're an artist and that you have music and and it's like whether it's touring or or especially like the compilations during these times it's worth it simply for the facet of like exposure I should say but like long term those all add up on what it is your one sheet or just your bio in general to mm-hmm. having those releases cuz it's like when I released on Disciple Roundtable we got like four or five people who contact my manager said when everything is all over and done, we'll have her out because they discovered all my music through that one tune. And like, that's the point of it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It helps you grow your repertoire. Yeah. And it makes you travel and people realize that people look at where, where your demographic is coming from, like where your music is selling the most. And of course they're going to put you out there. So it's good that music and stuff like that can help you. Definitely. I mean, when we went in to quarantine, what were you guys kind of thinking in a position of like chill though? Like, did you have to, like most of us, like adjust 
you know, your your day-to-day kind of logistics on how you were going to continue to expand Trovo? Because over this time, you guys have grown substantially from this time last year to now. So it's like, how did you kind of set up your mind to be like, all right, we're not going to like stop doing this just because the shit is like shutting down. It's the equivalent to saying like, hey, I'm not going to release music until this is over, you know? So, you yeah. know, what did you guys do to move forward? The focus really turned back on the blog because, mm-hmm. you know, before it was go to shows, go to festivals, gear up, like um, like when March is coming around, that's like when festival season is hitting. All these festivals are coming out. So you're like, putting out applications so we're we had a team to go out there and do that but now we had to turn our focus back onto music and really dial in on releasing music getting artists to like know our brand getting music released out there and just reviewing so it was just a little difficult getting back into that like like swing of things Mm -hmm. but we just kept like pushing and just try to keep our name like afloat and try to keep showcasing these artists kept supporting our homies like that's yeah. what it is about You're my bad dude no go ahead no go ahead like one of the big difficulties like she was saying like we had to like refocus everything like a lot of our team members were like we found out you know we're in it just for like the show aspect or like the festivals because that was like the biggest incentive you know a lot you of people are yeah and, like interview your favorite artist or whatever but it's like when that's not a thing it's like finding those people who are actually really truly about the music and that really love it so you see the quality of writing actually go up during the quarantine because like you weed out the people who are just in it for like i want to do something fun you know like yeah yeah it actually made this team stronger like because we were able to refocus everything on like who was actually wanted who like who wants to actually work in the industry like like do you want to just go to a show for free or do you want to like have a career in the industry and like build into something yeah, that's point yeah, that. that's what Trovo did for me. It literally got me my like career and like my life revolved around music. And that's I mean, that's what I wanted honestly from it. And I couldn't be more thankful from it, you know? Yeah. To me, that's like the bigger incentive to working for Trovo is like the ability for you to like move forward and like take all this knowledge of like the industry and learn and absorb. Yeah. It, it helps me and Andrew get gigs left and right from Trovo. Like we have photography from festivals we have photography from events like my boy shooting my boy shooting artists at OVW that like are our favorites like yeah. i would have never thought that we could like get you know requests from these artists or being able to do this so on and so forth it's just like really nice and that's what like i feel like a good premises of why i love doing trovo like i get to help people reach that next step we get to do the next we get to be there for the underground yeah. and give them their first article write up their first live their first interview their first, yeah, their first whatever you know yeah their first headline oh whatever you know, like, you know you know slight yeah. flex on that one it's a, whole, <laughs> it's a big labor of love for us so it's like and not what we love is being able to like help build up people's dreams you know like that's why yeah. we just help and people especially especially like giving a voice to the underground like i find that you know, similar in some sort of connotation of like what I do with XO radio, because it's like you give people their like first opportunities to do something for the first time. Like on your end, it's like whether that's a song release or a write up or an interview. And like on my end, it's like I gave more Kismet his first guest mix. I gave Swarm his mm-hmm. first guest mix, you know, and like 
that's huge because what you guys are going to do and what I do is you look back two years ago, you look back three years ago and you're like, that motherfucker's huge now, you yeah. know? I and, love and looking so through cool. our catalog guest mixes and seeing where people are now. <laughs> yeah. It really is great. Yeah. And we, it's yeah, cool. it really is great to be able to even help out. Like back in the day, whenever we would throw shows, we brought some like really big track and trap names that still come back to this day because they love the city so much. Like, We've brought so many acts that like Lit Lord, Skellism, yeah. uh, Say My Name. They, and like they just love coming back to Houston because we got to bring them out the, for their first time yeah. like two, three years ago. they know ago. they have like family here when they come too. Exactly. You know? And I don't think people, I don't think artists ever forget that. Like I've mm-hmm. never, anytime I've left Florida, I remember it on the tip of my head who booked me. Who brought me? Because it's so exciting as an artist to be in the shoes going somewhere. You know, it's scary. But like if if the event company does their job and you go somewhere and their street team is so strong that you have a room full of people who may have heard your name, may have listened to a few tracks, but they don't really know you. And they've trusted, you know, per se, Trilvo that you guys are going to book good ass talent and then they fall in love with that artist and they follow them everywhere. Like that's something that like we as artists never forget. We're like, holy shit. They did us like the biggest favor in the world by investing. You're literally investing in us. You're like, you're, you're like trusting us to come and do our job for you. And in turn, you've opened up this whole like world of people who maybe didn't know we exist, but just trusted you guys or the event night or the event concept to come and have fun. And like, that's, that's the really like cool things I think that happen when, you know, you are willing to take a chance on like the underground and you just don't go for the big court, like score players and stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's something that's more like science just keep pointing more and more to like gearing back to shows. And I'm just hoping cards play right where we we can throw shows under the Trovo name or like back again under the Trovo name and just be able to bring underground to Houston and like yeah. just bring we, it, bring uh, it in. You know, one of our biggest things that I love too is like to have that. <laughs> do being able same, to- same. <laughs> I do that all the time. I'm like, what? No, but it, it's just do being able to give back, like give those artists like their first headlining show, you know, because it's like some people like see like, oh, this guy just got like a Never Say Die release or something, but they're like, I don't know if he's quite big enough yet. They're like, they're just wait. Some people are just waiting for like that one person to be like, okay, well they booked him headlining the show. Like, yeah, I'm gonna pull the trigger now. You know, like it, just, it takes that one. To it pop takes up. one person. I can say firsthand, it takes one person who believes in you enough to kind of put their name on the line to vouch for you to get all these people who were just waiting and they were kind of on that fence like uh maybe what well, we need some more bookings maybe but she needs some more releases and you yeah. get that one release you get that one booking you get that one support mm-hmm. slot on a tour and that's it then you've got 10 motherfuckers ready to book you sending in offers hey does she have any music right now can she send us something does she yeah. want to remix this and it's like it's so wild how it takes one person and that kind of like correlates back to all of these huge artists having this like magical hand of power that they have yeah. because people trust them because they put in the time and the work and have the reputation for all of their fans to trust whatever the fuck they say. So, yeah. you know, and that can also be dangerous too. Don't get me wrong. Like there's yeah, some people right. who, who kind of spew on the other side of that as well. You know, it matters what you say as an artist. It matters what you guys say as Trilvo because there's people who 
confide in you and and trust what you say. And that's yeah. a very dangerous thing being in the age of social media as we are today, you know? Yeah, it's it's definitely during the pandemic era. That's what I keep calling it. Um, <laughs> I realized <laughs> I realized like how important and it is very important to like you know, say what you preach or preach what, like practice what you preach. There you go. That's the, yeah. word. That's the wording. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not saying I'm not truthful online, but I'm not going to put everything I believe in out there just for the sake of my own, mm-hmm. because I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to tell you everything. Like, yo, hit me up, talk to me and we can talk in person because text can be very misconstrued. Oh yeah. To different things. And that's like the worst thing about online too. Yeah. And the last that I hate a mob coming at you for like posting a video of, a, like, of something that you thought was funny and it was like a thing in the moment and just gets taken the wrong way. You know, people will look in the background and be like, um, why do you have that upside down cross on you? I'm just like, I'm sorry, I'll turn it around. Was it on accident? <laughs> it like, fell, the nail came off. Like what the fuck, you know? Uh, <laughs> And, and it's just like right now, everyone just has more than ample time to pay attention to the small details. People are bored. People That's are what so it is. bored. People are so bored. Yeah. So bored. And they're like sick of it. Like they're to, sick of the routine. Yeah. People just like to look good too, you know? Like a lot of people just like have this like, I don't know what to call it. It's just like, I think someone called it the other day. It was like toxic positivity. It's like. It's I like, think I saw that tweet. Literally. I think yeah. I saw it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. describes like a lot, like of what I'm seeing lately. I'm like, just people being like trying to just be so virtuous, but it's like people are just trying to live, you know? Like, yeah, and it's like I get it. Like, I just feel like there's a time and place for everything, and like, there's something also that I think is very cool with this new age of artists and like my friends that are artists and stuff, and like we're breaking down this like fourth wall where you're kind of construed as something like perfect. Like, and it's like, Hey, like we're an artist, we're human too. Like when we see somebody talking trash to our friend in the morning on Twitter, like, yeah, that puts us in a bad mood too. Or talking trash to us. Like, yeah, that like affects our mental energy. Like that affects like our like drive to do the best we can that day. And like, we're all human. So no, like we're not going to be a hundred percent all the fucking time. But I think it's also important not to portray that you're living this perfect life because nobody is, you know? And I think that's what's so dangerous about social media is because you're literally just seeing, you're seeing the story that everybody wants to tell about themselves and you're seeing in the best light that they can possibly imagine it. Real story. You're seeing what they want you to, you know, what Mm -hmm. they want to (laughs) show. Yeah. We have a, we have a a segment on travel called travel cares and it's about, you know, like the raw side of the industry, basically. And it's like, we highlight mental illness, we highlight like, like addiction and all that stuff. We had 10 graphs on there. And he talked very raw about his upbringing and kind of like how he's been like changed throughout music and how like he has progressed as a human throughout that stuff. And it really affects like your music and it affects your story so people really do need to take in into consideration about stuff behind the screen and the actual person the brain behind the person you know and especially those real stories because it's just Mm -hmm. like people like you're saying people just see like what they want them to see they don't see like what they're actually dealing with like rough issues so it's Mm -hmm. good to have it's good when people are actually able to open up and talk about it because like yeah this is something i went through 
here's how I dealt with it. Cause someone might need just to hear that one sentence, that one line of like, yeah, this is what helped me, you know, like try it out. <laughs> like, That's what I love about like discord and stuff and like places where people can just kind of talk transparently without like having their name associated to a picture, having their name and like Reddit and stuff. And you can go and read on these forums and participate in these forums. And like, while that can be like anonymously dangerous, sometimes like it, it's where I see people open up the most that need help mm-hmm. on like an actual platform that's public. Um, but I definitely think, unfortunately, with how many people we've lost in the last year, which has been way too fucking many people, there is now an attention coming to the forefront of what happens on the back end of the industry. And that's really fucking cool. I'm going to highlight the Trilvo Cares thing in the description below for the episode because more people need to talk about it because they're not talking about it. Even with everything happening, people are still not talking about what is bringing about these huge defects in mental health for touring artists and touring teams and why people get in these holes. And then when they're taken away from their, you know, yearly or six month to eighth month touring year rounds and you know that life is taken away from them why they just freak the fuck out and they're not okay because they've just been hiding the fact that they haven't been okay because they've been doing so many things and it's like when your life stops especially being a touring artist I feel like that shit just slapped a lot of people in the face and it was like that's why I and and you know this everybody's like to each their own but I do look at artist teams when some things happen and I'm like, man, like you got to be fucking real with them. And like, if not, like, like it's so important to, I feel like surround yourself with people who have good heads on their shoulders. And I get it that it's hard in this industry to do that sometimes, mm-hmm. but you can just get lost in so much shit in festival season in touring year round. And then it just keeps going and you never stop. And then you blink and you're gone. And, and, you know, and it's like a really hard thing to talk about because nobody wants to hear this and nobody wants yeah. to talk about the other side of it. But there's things that we enable in our industry that will never go away. No, it won't. It's, it's least, you know, I think alcohol and substance abuse is less accepted than it's ever been in a public way in on the back end of our industry. But it still happens and it's always going to happen. But it's like making sure you're, you know just being aware and consciously looking around at your team when you're on tour and looking for the signs and tell alls mm-hmm. that something is really wrong is something that I don't think is happening on a large scale. And, and it sucks, you know? Yeah. And I feel like that should be something that comes with a good manager and a good like agency and a good team around you. Like if you have people that care about your mental health, care about you as a person and then yes care about your music that you create then that's that's a great person to have around you you don't want someone that's just like all right push your music push your music push your music push your music like you need someone that cares about you i think like mental health and music will always go hand in hand because like a lot of people do like use music as an outlet to like create music for that reason so like that's why a lot of these artists like it is so common in our industry because like that's why they create is to like get that out. So. Yeah. And when people like dog on your creative music, perfect example, Getters versus Visceral like album, like that whole era, like people just dogged on it because it wasn't 
headbanger dubstep getter you, and and yeah. like that like tore the man up like seeing your own fans diss you dog on you boo you off stage like that's not cool and he like poured his heart and soul into it and people are looking back and they're saying that's like one of the best things like some of the best stuff he's created and like Beautiful all of his new album. music yeah and all of his new music is still stemming off of that and it's like I remember I and saw now it. look at this now look at the like look at the community now like look at the music that's coming out now it's all melodic it's all like in mm-hmm. your face feels like yeah. you look you look at stupid yeah. yeah like one of my saddest moments was it was a, a buku like 2019 or something i don't know it was like that year that visceral album came out and it was even built as like getter visceral set like at buku people don't know so it's during sunset like it's perfect pretty beautiful Aww. like in the vibe moment that everyone's just like boo and i'm just like what the fuck I would have freaked out, dude. I, I was literally, so like, oh my god! I truly hate it here sometimes. <laughs> and and I think that's, I think we're moving. I think the fan fans and like just EDM consumers are moving away from putting an artist in a box, and, and because mm-hmm. I think the the newer artists aren't staying in the box. They're doing something so far out of the box or they're putting out something that's a house tune and the next tune they're putting out is a fucking dubstep tune. I look at a craze as the perfect example. Mm-hmm. You know, he's over here and he did stuff with 4B and then he did stuff, you know, an independent dubstep release and then he's doing stuff on Confessions and it's mm-hmm. like, that's the perfect example of like, and I, Nitty Gritty as well. You know, oh, you yeah. don't have to do that, but you, an artist shouldn't be afraid to mature and develop its sound to how they want it to. They're an artist. And it was just so sad to see, like, he did something for himself that made him really happy. And, like, because of the fan base that was there before, just being full of, like, complete idiots and not, like, respecting the art and craft of what he did. He's such a talented producer, you know? It just mm-hmm. sucks to see something like that happen. But he was, like, he was the example that I feel like our scene needed to be hit in the head with to be like hey this is like not fucking okay to treat somebody like this yeah you know, like, you know? i don't know yeah no 100 <laughs> it's true like people shouldn't be dissing other artists music and honestly i recently learned that telling people telling artists that you like their old stuff better is uh, like a hit in the chest too like I've seen some artists, like, whenever they say they like their old stuff, they're honestly like, man, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I really don't like that you say this, like, because I'm progressing as an artist. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm like, I mean, damn, that's true. I mean, yeah, you may like their sound more, but this is what they're comfortable with. A good example is um, Porter Robinson. Porter, Everybody's so used to his happy-go-lucky, melodic world stuff, which is a, a beautiful album, like, absolutely amazing. Don't get me wrong, but now what he's doing his new nurture album that's about to drop is like more true to him and like sounds that he loves and it's it's different and if you're not a music yeah it's it's pop music yeah and that's what he that's what it it always has been it's still under the pop branch Mm -hmm. but he's been like put on an indie alt playlist like um Yeah, something that's like not even even EDM. So it's like he's branching out to other stuff. He's getting his sound out there. Alternative would be the best way for me to describe what he's doing. Like an alternative yeah. pop or like electro pop kind of thing. Yeah, I don't and know. I'm obsessed with it. I, I love I it. Just, I 
Mm-hmm. I'm the true, true Porter stand. I know like, you are. <laughs> yeah, like me. I know me and Andrew are. Like, I got the whole box set. Like, I got the 2D yeah. box I, I set. I ordered it too. Yeah, me and Andrew were like, oh my God, did you get the drop? Like, we're, we're yeah. like about it. Like, text and, alerts for all his stuff. <laughs> exactly. And that's I what it. I like about music. It's just like, it's so subjective and it just sucks that it gets gatekeep kept a lot, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I just think that not only are like the pioneers doing it more, but it'll, I think we'll get out of it. There will always be people and, you know, to people who enjoy artists, older music, it's just kind of like, that's okay. Like, that's okay if it's like not your cup of tea, but that doesn't mean that you still shouldn't support the artist because they're doing something different because Mm -hmm. they're still the same artist that made your favorite song, you know, like they're still there. You know, like the example I always tell people is like you look back in the day at like classic rock and stuff like the Beatles is the perfect example. I yeah. mean, like their albums, every single one of them was different because they grew as artists. But like there was never a thing where it's like, oh, well, fuck them. They're making they didn't make the same song. It's like yeah. they're the same no. genre. like I'm done everybody, with them. Yeah, I don't know why it's in EDM it's a, such a thing where like artists feel like they have to be locked into one genre or like if they make a different genre, they have to like completely rebrand or like i feel bad for the like and they and they don't and i think it'll it'll just take more artists being like hey i'm just gonna do me and that's scary though it is scary because a lot of times you know agents or managers or even labels like big labels like universal music group or or warner or something they don't want to put their name on somebody who's changing all the time which Mm -hmm. like i get but like pop artists do it all the time and it's like how many dubstep BPs am I going to put out before I'm fucking sick of it, you know? And before I want to put out a pop EP or I want to do, you know, an indie songwriter EP. And I think it's like sneaking the one song on the dubstep EP that's acoustic or sneaking the this on the the album is that gateway to be like, hey guys, like I do this and this is really cool, but I also really enjoy this. So Mm -hmm. I hope you can enjoy both parts of that. And I think the more outward an artist can be about it, like, hey, I'm doing this or posting an acoustic version of their EDM song, like we'll be like, Hey, we have more skills than just making trap music, just making dubstep, you know? Um, but like speaking of like growing as an artist, since you guys do, you know, predominantly do a lot of stuff for underground for artists for the first times, how do you like to be approached when someone is looking for support on a track or looking for support from you guys in general um I definitely like to see support given back you know like you're listening to our mixes you're in like you're engaging with our artists that we feature it's nice to see that oh xyz is um like I that's why we always try and like make sure our set lists are on our mixes and like we try and highlight the artist that the artist is highlighting because that's what it's about because we find artists that they put in in their set list and we start looking at them and we're like oh wow we want you to be featured onto our stuff so we just like the regurgitating support and just I think I think that goes a long way like saying hi to us versus like just reaching out for music Mm -hmm. like just reaching out for coverage like we we we're we're people too. Like we just we you can contact us. You can contact any of our team and just like get to know us more. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's it's definitely about building the connection so we can build up together. You know, rather than just like a 
business like, interaction, you know? Yeah, because, you know, the industry is, you know, all in like networking at the end of the yeah. day. So it's like if I if I see an email that's from a name I don't know or an email from a guy that like interacts with me on Twitter every single day, I'm probably more likely to open the email from the other guy. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, it just is what it is. You know, like it's not even I think it's just like kind of playing the game. You know what I mean? It's Yeah, like, it really is essential. Definitely. And it's like I feel like there's just so many puzzle pieces to being like an artist, especially when you're just getting started and you're doing it all like all your own. You know, you've got the mm-hmm. master spreadsheet with the DJ's names, the <laughs> promos and the blog names and the YouTube names and like all of that stuff. And it's just such a grind to get to a place where you have like a team working for you. Like you guys have a team now. It's it's such like a feat and like how Trilvo started. Like how did Trilvo start? Like how did it even come about? Um. So back in the day, it, it got founded back in like 2016, 2017 by Rachel Harvey. Okay. She worked out yep. in Houston. She worked out in Serial Live um, and she was bringing, and they were just working. She was working out there. She made it and she introduced this blog and she started wanting to throw shows, focusing on interviewing artists. And I joined in about 2017 and we just grew together. Andrew okay. joined the team too during the Lit Lord show or the Skeleton show. It was like right before because Lit Lords was our first one, so it was like yeah. But and then he did an interview an interview before. with Part Native, I think. Like Part Native, yeah. No longer a group. <laughs> yeah, no longer a group, but yeah. Um, and then we like me and him, we just kept growing. We grew the team. Like we did our own branded shows around. We had um, our own pool parties. We made a name for ourselves. We kept going out into festivals and stuff like that. Then after a while, uh, Rachel decided it wasn't for her anymore. She shows she passed it along to us, and we have been taking care of it ever since. Yes, and we we're kind of, kind of not essentially like rebranding, but just like putting a new face to it because it is a different owner now. Like mm-hmm. I own the company now, and I'm just kind of still keeping the good like the traditions of it because that's what I that's why I love Trovo like I loved yeah. what it stood for like the underground like that Houston vibe that southern hospitality yes. that's what I really love about Trovo and I love the colors too purple is like my shit purple like yes. <laughs> yes. have the colors as you can see my room you always <laughs> yeah. have colors that like you fuck with I feel like that's so important too it's like when you create like a brand and like a vision like you have to have like all of these things in mind that like stimulate like the five senses that humans have because it's like it's all how people like remember you and that's like when I talk Mm -hmm. to like artists it's like hey like you have like an icon and like a color board and like stuff because the more like graphic representation that can enhance your sound like the better it's going to come across cohesively and that's fucking dope I I knew it was started you know, just a while ago, but I never knew it was kind of like women owned all the way through, which is pretty badass. Like, that's yeah, that's what I was going to say. So like, uh, what's also important for us is like doing like, I'm getting, cause like it's women's month right now. Yeah. You know? I was about to go into that. So well, please yeah, tell, like, tell us about what you guys do. <laughs> like our women's empowerment thing, because like Rachel, the owner, you know, she actually started as a bottle service girl cause she was going to work at the club and like, that's all they would hire her at. Oh, well, you're like, you, like, you'll be, you, we can hire you as a bottle service girl. But, like, she wanted to do, like, A&R stuff or, like, help backstage and all that. So, like, as she started, like, doing the bottle service thing, she started getting these relationships with the artists and building yeah. that. And then that turned into the where 
they started letting her throw her own shows at the at the venue because she had such good relations with these underground artists that would sell and like she was able to bring them in and so like going off just the back of that and like making it coming from that i think and just making it into like owning a fucking thing it's always been important to have like that aspect to give back to that aspect of like yeah. women that like yeah you can definitely be more than just like the bottle serves yeah like, she oh, she yeah. grinded her way mm-hmm. like to like get the trilbo name out there for a while like i i barely knew about it and my homie like my like i, I was a raver like before yeah. i was you know in trilbo i like was in photography and all that stuff but then my homeboy he was like hey you should like meet my friend rachel she's um like she does this blog and all this stuff and i was like okay yeah i'm interested um and then one time she was like hey i need a videographer for this very like this like our biggest interview ever so that was the first time i ever met ray i hopped in her car and we drove to dallas to interview yuki at lizard lounge and like we've been essentially inseparable inseparable ever since (laughs) and it's like it's just crazy to like hear about like her just being put as like a bottle girl and you know like she grinded her way to like make a name for herself and it's crazy because i feel like company most most venues i go to now like their artist hospitality are women and it's like it's really cool because i feel like there's been this shift and i and i I really want to confidently say there's been more focus on women artists women a and r's women blog writers photographers in the last year than I've seen in a very long, like ever. You're talking about because we were like, dang, like everyone's doing Women's Month this year. We yeah, like, and they're doing it hard, which is great. Everyone's still like, doing it. Every yeah. industry too. Like, it, mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, but it's I great. It, like, I, this year, I don't think like so heavy. You know? Yeah, I just think like there's just a perspective that women bring sometimes that are that is can really really help a full picture be developed and like from the artist side it's just so great to see these bigger players pushing for women and like i think now the next kind of focus and like i was talking to tsunami about this is like making sure that the women we're pushing for represent all cultures and all races because mm-hmm. it's like something that a lot of people don't really talk about and it's like now that we've made it this far we should push like even further and and i would just I really feel like the day is coming where you can count more than 10 girl names on a lineup. You can count more than X, Y, and Z. And I swear to God, like, we're just going to record this clip. I'm going to keep it. I will bet $100 to both of you that there are more than 10 girls on the Lost Lane lineup. Oh, oh, yeah. I will bet it. I will bet it, too. Maybe maybe not. No, I think 10. No, I I think think 10 more. I'm like, I'm like thinking about the list. I'm thinking about the people on UTA already. I'm thinking about the people who I know he'll bring already. Like, I would say there's going to be at least 10 girls. I'm like, that's huge. And even today, like, um, proximity just, and it's not just in bass music. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess, I guess bass music is, it's kind of been on like the back end of women, but like even in like house music and stuff now too. Yeah, that proximity lineup. You know, the proximity lineup. I'm just like, Dude, and, like, half of these are all, like, newer artists. Like, you have mm-hmm. the Dons. Don't get me wrong. You've got them. Nina Las Vegas, Toki Monster, Nora and Pure. Yeah. Like, all those girls. But then you have, like, Rossi and Pauline Hare and Tsunami and, like, mm-hmm. all of these girls that were all just kind of in the same boat and were, like, rising and people are really paying attention to us. And it's great because I really 
feel like people are respecting us for what we are because especially during this time, I think the aspect of like, hey, I'm a girl. I'm just going to post a selfie, get some likes, do whatever, and just take the easy road. That's not acceptable anymore. That's that's like, that's sometimes kind of frowned upon now. Yeah. It's like you're just using your looks to do X, Y, Z. Like and it's easy to do that weird. as a woman. You know what I'm yeah. saying? It's easy to do that. It's easy as fuck to pull that card. But yeah. these girls are actually putting in the work and they're reaping the benefits of it. And I think the women who aren't going to put in the work are going to be very very upset with how the next year to two years are going to look because yeah. these girls are coming, you know, and mm-hmm. they're making great music and they're actually making it, you know, it's, yeah. it's just really nice to see this be put on a platform. And like Pauline just got a release on slanders label and you watch yes. Tsunami on Bitbird, and you know, it's, it's really, it's really awesome. And I think the future, not only for artists, but also in blogs as photographers is really, really bright for women. And you guys are even doing a stream this month, correct? Mm-hmm. I do have Sarah Saturday. on there and yeah. Saturday. Okay. Saturday, okay. yes. It's so on Twitch. Like I stream, we're doing a, a women's empowerment panel. So we have like yes. four like the best women like in, in the game. Like Yes. Yes, it's on have? Twitch. Um, uh, this Saturday, we have Chloe Sweet. She does... Okay. Um, she works with Wakan, Sosan, yep. um, Liquid Stranger. We have Jordan Moffy from yes. uh, Beatport. Beatport. Yeah. Yes, I curation know, manager. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, Nina Travers. She works with Nightbase. Yep. And she's like a PR guru, I swear to God. Yeah. And um, we also have Maria Southgate. She is yes, the marketing manager. Yes, Never yeah. Say Die. Yeah. So we love her. a panel full of just like powerful women. Like I'm so excited to have like them on. And it's going to be live. So like we're going to do live Q&A with them too. Yes. So yeah, I will be there. Start. So I will far, definitely yes. be there. I, I'm, I'm already so, like, like nervous. So much soaking all that info from them. It's going to be, I'm just excited. And amazing. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> and nervous just because I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to some HBICs right now. Like, let's you fucking know? go. I'm ready. <laughs> and I'm isn't ready. it crazy how you see all of these labels just trust women to like run them? Like, Absolutely. Low key, like, like you look at Maria, like you look at Beatport, you know, you look at all of that stuff and, and it's yeah. just, it's really cool. And I think we're I only going to see more of it. Too, Wait, what'd you say? Sorry, no. I think Jordan helps with Cyclops. Yeah, too. she helps with PR yeah. for Cyclops too. Oh, yeah. Maria is like a one woman show. That's crazy. Yeah. It's it's awesome though. And it's just like women who really love their job and and they're they've been given a chance to be good at it. And every mm-hmm. woman should be given a chance to be good at it. Yeah. And my, and my experience working with women is y'all are way more focused than done. <laughs> 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 like I don't need to bullshit and like check in on people, like micromanage. Like that's what I like. Like I prefer working with women because they just like they have, they have the, the clear path of what how they want to achieve stuff, you know. We do. Like, don't get say. me wrong. I'm very indecisive at times, but we get it done. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I, I just feel like it's just different. Like, like men and women are just, they're built differently. Like their, their genetics and like just the way that their brain, like, and, and, you know, to each their own, everybody has their pros and cons, but I don't think I've ever met like a woman who like can't get it done if she really wants to get it done. You know, she's like, that. especially in this industry, because 
we've all had to fight for it. So we're really fucking good at what we do and what yeah. we try and do. And if you're and motivated, you know how, like, y'all know how to get that. Like, there's a lane and you can, you can take it. You, you can get, get it done, you know? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. So, yeah, I'm excited for this weekend. That's very exciting. I will definitely be there because I know I have quite a few friends playing the live stream. So I'll be in the chat supporting. Um, <laughs> for the future of Trovo, like, are you guys just like pumped to get shows back going? Like, do you have any other plans with the label? Like anything you're just kind of like holding on to for everything to open back up for? Um, I'm ready for my team to grow a little bit more. We definitely want to do a little bit more hiring, kind of get back to a nice, comfortable number. So that way, when festivals are ready to open up for media, we have like, like we have our team members there. We want like, I want team members at every festival that we can get our hands on. And, um, some like things I have in the, in mind are like, you know, just more merch, merch and merch in general like i want to do like a nice le kind of merch thing like just be like very exclusive kind of stuff trovo exclusive stuff reason why you can't do limited drops like super cool yeah i wish like edm artists focused on that more because it's such a it's such a like lane that bands and like Mm -hmm. you know most like bands pop stars really focus on their merch like merch Mm -hmm. is one of the most direct ways that you can receive income to dump back into your project. And there's so many different things you can do now. And it's like, just create a line for yourself, you know, like a Trova line where it's like a lifestyle. Yeah. These really dope little pins. That's super sick. The little little makeup pit. Yeah. It's really tight. And we only made like 35 of these. So the limited drops are where it's at. Because everybody yeah. wants to get on it. They're like, I don't know if it's still going to be there. Da, 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 da. Um, but that's no, that's super, super sick. And and I feel like if you guys did that, especially like if you have your own booth eventually at a festival, you're able to sell mm-hmm. that merch, do X, Y, and Z. It's like the profit long term is just like endless, like sky Absolutely. high. You know? Yeah. And then, yeah, we- uh, Oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I have some other little news I haven't really announced yet. Yes. Tell me, tell me, tell me. <laughs> I'm going to start uh, doing artist management. So there's this artist Hell here in Houston yes. named Sola. Okay. And I'll start managing him. He actually, we're going to be putting out a track next month. That's awesome. Be- yeah. Yeah. Get the focus back on the label and starting yes. off with that is going to be real cool. Yeah. yeah. And maybe some shows in the works. I don't know. I would love, I would I love to do that. Preview uh, unreleased or not. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Do it. Honestly, if you want to preview it, I would love to end on that note so I can get to my lesson. And like, yeah, no, please do it. Because I feel like a lot of like even like Electric Hawk too, like they do have a roster of artists, which is really cool. And it feeds into their label. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like this double-edged sword that's like building you guys up, but also building the artists up on the platform Absolutely. you've already, you know, uh, initiated. Perfect. Well, yeah. Here, right. let me see if I can yeah. Show okay. So you should go down to the bottom. Choose share oh, screen. You're disabled. Oh wait, wait, wait. Three, two, one. Multi participants. Go for it. Um, <laughs> <no. Multiple laughs> participants. And make yeah. sure to share Fair the sound. sound. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. We yeah, love Sola. He, <laughs> I feel yeah. like I've heard his right. name. We've, re- we've released a track with him before already. That may be yeah, why. I've seen yeah. the picture and I've heard his name before. So. Yeah, yes. Very good. Played okay. up, played up. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear what genre this is. Going to 
agave. I love it. Look at the follower count. This, oh my god. I know it's building. Level one. <laughs> that's all we get. No, no, that's awesome. That's like very. Uh, I hate comparing artists to other artists, but it's very like flume mixed with some like no, hybrid definitely. feels. You know, like know. get like a female like, vocal on that, like some good samples on that sound fire. That is that's so cool. I'm excited to hear what's next from. Make sure to put me yeah. on a promo list because that's no, what I've been really trying to do. Like give you a promo list. Month, though, so. Yes. Okay. Cool. You. Maybe we can get an EXO radio mix down the line that would be that would be super sick i would really enjoy that um but thank you guys very much for coming on victoria andrew i greatly appreciate your time very excited to i know i'm gonna hug both y'all by the end of 2021 yes it's gonna happen i'm being optimistic um but yeah no definitely thank you guys so much for everything you do with trovo i'm gonna link everything below make sure to tune into their women's appreciation stream and panel on Saturday via their Twitch channel. I'll link that below as well. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. I hope you Thank guys you have so a good night. Thank you so much for having us. Ah, love, love you, you both. Lizzie. I'll message you guys later. Have a good one. All right. Bye, Bye guys. Bye. Gang, gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> Bye.